Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, and talk about God's accelerated and abundant harvest for your life. Wow. Praise God. Get ready. This is your now time. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would quicken it, would illuminate it to the eyes of our understanding so that we can take it and apply it to our lives. Now, Father, we thank you that we believe your word and we thank you, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, we are in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, and let's go to verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. So to sanctify is to set apart for a holy use for God's purposes. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Woo, praise the Lord. Well, there is, in a sense, the local prophet, and there could be a and, you know, there are times there would be a regional prophet, but it is true that Jeremiah's prophetic ministry leapt to the nations, and so other kings in other countries knew about him. Praise the Lord, because he prophesied concerning Israel and also other nations as well. So he, he was an international prophet. Now, verse 9, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Now, it is possible, very much possible, to start with a local work. And as you are faithful in that, then God can increase it. Before you know it, it's become regional, then maybe perhaps statewide, then national, who knows, even international. And there are other times when for reasons that God knows because of divine call, where even from the beginning, like here with Jeremiah, he's already called as a prophet to the nations. So it's good to understand where your anointing is at, where the grace of God is at upon your life. And it can be very dangerous to try to step beyond a sphere of influence that God has called you to. Maybe you see others doing it and you think, well, that's not really my thing, but in order to be relevant, I've got to do that too. And then they step over into an area where they are not authorized to be at. And, um, it doesn't end good. Uh, it, all kinds of problems begin to generate. You know, you think about John the Baptist and you think about a hardy, rugged individual wearing a leather type camel uh, skin covering, just like Elijah the prophet did 800 years previously. And you have this man that is super effective in his ministry. Matter of fact, the greatest of all of the Old Testament prophets. And yet, when he stayed in his place of ministering out there in that rugged Judean wilderness, and now there were some others out there, such as the Essenes down in Qumran, and I'm sure that they knew each other. Church history says that John was actually 
the leader of a school of the prophets among the Essenes. Now, that's what we would call extra-biblical, not that is unbiblical, but those are stories when you study uh, the history and uh, you, know, you think about John uh, going off into the wilderness as a young boy. Well, that's pretty rugged. Those of you that have been to Israel and you, you look out there and you think, wow, you would have to be one smart, tough guy to survive out there. Smart in the sense of how to get water, how to get protein, how to get nourishment and things like that. So we know that John had a very unusual diet of locust and wild honey. And by the way, no matter how you try to spin those verses, uh, that word is the word locust, and that is the grasshopper that is actually kosher. And I think some people have tried to maybe dilute that scripture's meaning because they have a hard time wrapping their mind around eating grasshoppers. And they've tried to say, well, that's the carob tree or something like that. But no, in, in the Greek, it means the locusts, the ones that uh, jump around and climb up the trees. And even today, out in those areas, you could very easily walk up to bushes and trees and just pick one of those locusts out of the tree and eat the thing. Uh, of course, you know, you won't, probably won't, would want to cook it first. And uh, there is a company that specializes in, in Israel that specializes in growing and preparing locust. And they base that upon uh, the life of John the Baptist. And by the way, it has been found in some ancient uh, text that the Essenes did have some instructions for preparing the um, grasshopper. So uh, I'm sure that they knew each other. When you're out in a remote rugged environment like that, uh, you want to have some friends. Amen. Even if you want your space, you need your privacy to pray and fast, which, which is what John did a lot. <laughs> you still want some good neighbors. Amen. Praise God. So uh, what happened with John is when he got out of that environment, and now you find him over in the palace of one of the kings, and he's rebuking the king, and the king's wife doesn't like it. And the next thing you know, his, he's lost his head. Well, if he would have stayed out in the wilderness where his anointing was at, uh, then he would have maintained his effectiveness. And although the attention, of course, was shifting to Jesus because Jesus uh, was the Messiah that had finally arrived on the, on the scene, John still should have stayed in his anointing. So here that we see that God is telling Jeremiah that his words are called to influence nations and kingdoms. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 11, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Now, let me say this in all honesty concerning supernatural visions, heavenly encounters, and things along that line. What you see is what you see. And I have had times where the Lord has uh, granted me to come to heaven, and I've had some heavenly journeys, and I have seen some things that were, that were very, very interesting. But the truth is, it is what it is. I saw what I saw. I wasn't trying to fabricate something. I was carried there by the Holy Spirit. And you always want to just stick with the basics. There are people that, uh, even some good ministers who had some valid experiences, 
that would add on to what either God said or God showed them. And it seems to me that one of the things that unfortunately quite a few ministers have added on to after a valid experience, they would always add this thing on that uh, Jesus is coming soon and he's coming back in my lifetime. Well, if they would have just said Jesus is coming soon, that's, that's cool, that's scriptural, but they would add this thing on that uh, the rapture is going to take place in my lifetime, and every single one that has ever said that, they've all died, and Jesus has not yet come back. And then if you, uh, if you dig into their true testimony, you'll find out that Jesus never told them that. They added that on later. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, let me just be honest. If I were 94 years old today, obviously I'm not, but if I were 94 years old, I wouldn't be that much concerned about the rapture, about me, uh, or in a sense, Jesus coming to meet me. I'd be more concerned about me going to meet him <laughs> because you're probably going to beat the rest of the church there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't know why that seems to get so cloudy and so confused. Sometimes in the lives of those that they get older, they get this, they get hung up on the rapture. And I'm, I'm all for the, the teaching of the catching up of the saints to meet the Lord in the air. But if you're at the point, you're in the very latter stage of your life, the reality is that you're probably going to go to be with the Lord before he returns. Amen. Praise God. All right. So Again, verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Well, how about that? Well, Pastor Stephen, that really doesn't sound very exciting. I was hoping maybe that he saw like an angel with six wings or something like that. But let's be honest. Let's stay accurate. Let's, let's just see what we see and say what God says to say, not add anything else on that. So we don't, we don't muddy the waters. So he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, my friends, may he say that about you also that you've seen well and that you haven't gone out and fabricated something and cooked, uh, cooked or cooked something up just because people wanted to hear something and they have itching ears. You'll always have people that, um, that are wanting the, the supernatural power of God to manifest, but you can't, you can't force that. I do know one particular prophet. He was always under tremendous pressure to prophesy. And when he would prophesy, there would be a true anointing, even uh, a genuine international anointing where he could prophesy over nations and things like that. But um, that's a very dangerous thing where the people try to uh, pull something out of you when the Holy Spirit's not manifesting. Well, Pastor Stephen, what's he supposed to do? Preach the word, minister the word of God to the people. And if that's not enough, they just need to go home anyhow and find another circus act. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Because it's the flaky ones that don't want the word. That's all they want, signs and wonders. They don't want the word. But if you have all just signs and wonders alone, you'll blow up. Uh, if you have the word alone, you'll dry up. So you need both. You need to have the, the word of God and you need to have the moving of the spirit. And we need to stay balanced on that. Okay. Praise the Lord. Now watch this. I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord, the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. 
Now, the old King James Version says, I, I watch over my word to perform it. That's fine also. That's baked into the uh, Hebrew here as well. But what we don't know as Westerners um, is that there's actually a play on words that God is making right here. Let me give you an example. Uh, he said to Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well for I, if you read it in the Hebrew, I will almond tree my word. That is kind of like a spin to us, but that's exactly what it meant. And let me explain why. The almond tree, uh, and remember, he's seen that the branch of an almond tree, the almond tree out of all of the trees in Israel blossoms and produces before any other tree. And every Israeli, you know, during this time, they all knew that. They all liked almonds. But it's the almond tree that's the first one. I mean, sometimes even uh, as early as February, uh, this thing is already, those those buds are coming out. So uh, the almond tree, the branch of it, represents swift fulfillment. Praise the Lord. And a heavy emphasis on the word swift. So what God is, is saying is that the judgments that are going to come against the nation of Israel from the north, because it seems like every time that Israel is invaded, uh, usually it comes from the north, unless they all gang up like they did in the, you know, 67 war, you're getting hit it, uh, hit from all directions and things along that line. But um, uh, usually these these nations, whether it's Assyria or Babylon, Medo-Persian Empire, whatever the case might be, usually the invasion is coming from the north. So what God is saying to Jeremiah, it's coming, and it's coming like the almond tree. It's coming quick. It's coming very, very fast. So again, there's a play on words here. Verse 12, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am almond tree, ready to perform my word. Now, here's what I want to tell you today. This is not just, of course, a study in the beautiful language of Hebrew. But what I want to say is that the abundance and the provision, please listen very carefully, the abundance and provision that God has for you is coming almond tree quick. Woo! I got that from the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you need to be ready for that. You need to be uh, prepared for that and have a heart to receive God's blessings in your life because God's going to do it. He watches over his word to perform it. Absolutely. Uh, But the emphasis is that he's watching to perform it swiftly, and he's going to do it quickly. How quick? Almond tree quick. Mm -mm. The fastest tree there in Israel coming up early. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Swiftly. A now type thing, you would say. Mm -mm. Let's go deeper into this by moving now to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 17. Praise the Lord. And we see the almond tree or the almond or the rod of an almond tree mentioned here again. 
Numbers chapter 17, verse 1, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and get from them a rod from each father's house. All their leaders, according to their father's houses, twelve rods, write each man's name on his rod. And you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. For there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house. Then you shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting before the testimony where I meet with you. And it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Ooh, please get ready. God's promises to you are about the blossom. Now, I want you to notice something that this blossoming that's going to happen for Aaron is going to be a miracle. And I'm here to tell you today that your blossoming will also be supernatural. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And that shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Thus I will rid myself of the complaints of the children of Israel, which they make against you. Well, of course, we see here in this story that uh, God is really standing up for Moses and, of course, for his uh, selection uh, of Aaron as the high priest. And we've had the rebellion of Korah, and, of course, it didn't end well. Why? Uh, Korah was not content to be a Levite. He wanted to move into the priesthood, and he gathered quite a few others that had uh, some you know, uh, leanings that direction, and they all died uh, in the rebellion. The earth actually opened up, and they dropped down into the pit while they were alive. All of them perished. Powerful. And, you know, God was still pretty upset because after that, you had a bunch of grumblers and complainers, and then you had over 14,000 people killed in another plague that swept through. And if it had not been for... Uh, Aaron and the others running through there with the incense censers uh, spreading that fragrance. Um, there's no telling how many people would have died. So it's time just to let the congregation of Israel know that God is endorsing one person, one person for the priesthood here, and he's going to show them who that's going to be. Now, verse 8. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. So this is just one day later, 24-hour time frame. And behold, the rod of Aaron. So all this is, is like a little staff of a piece of, you know, dead wood, okay? It's the rod of Aaron of the house of Levi. And look what had happened to it. It had sprouted, that's phase one, and put forth buds, that's phase two, had produced blossoms and, watch, it's going to do something very unusual here, and yielded ripe almonds, four phases. So even after the almond is in that little shell, it can still take a month and a half, maybe even two months, for it to become mature and ripe. And according to the ancient Jewish Targums, which are different translations of the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament Bible, uh, the scribes taught that all four stages of the, uh, or phases of the almond development were all manifested on Aaron's one singular rod. 
In other words, if you were to hold up the rod of Aaron there on that one rod, you would see almond uh, buds. You would see areas where it sprouted. Uh, You would see areas where there's blossoms. And then also you would find on there ripe almonds. So it was an incredible miracle. Then Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord to all the children of Israel, and they looked, and each man took his rod. So it's not like it was just a rod that was Aaron's, and it had all these mature uh, almonds that are ready to be eaten. No, it had all four phases on one rod. There's no way you can fake that. It doesn't exist. It's miraculous. Praise the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels that you may put their complaints away from me, lest they die. Thus did Moses, just as the Lord had commanded him, so he did. So you had three things in the Ark of the Covenant if you were to remove the lid or the mercy seat. And remember, the the lid is, that's like... um, uh, the mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant, it's actually like a throne. And the, the, the mercy seat is actually that. It's a seat. It's a seat where the presence of God would be uh, at. And so it's like God sitting on his throne. So you remove the mercy seat there inside of the Ark of the Covenant were three things. You had the two tablets of stone. And I actually saw that uh, I saw an artist that had drawn those um, just recently, and I, he drew them right. Uh, the rabbis teach that the two tablets of stone were not these big gray slabs of stone. Yeah, you know, like on the on the movie, the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, and he's coming down off the mountain like Moses, and he's got these uh, two uh, gigantic uh, stone tablets. The reality is that. If it really were like that, I mean, he must have some phenomenal deltoids and shoulders because you're talking a 200-pound slab of stone and another 200-pound slab of stone. He's carrying those things around. (laughs) Uh, No, they're a little bit smaller than that because it would fit into the ark. And the stone was sapphire stone, the same hard mineral that's used on higher-end luxury watches, and it's of a blue color, okay? So it would be blue sapphire, and that's what God wrote on. And then you would have the golden pot of manna, and uh, inside of that pot, of course, was the manna. And then you had Aaron's rod that uh, had all of these four phases of the almond on it, including the beautiful edible fruit, Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. And yes, almonds do, do grow on a tree. The place that produces the most almonds in the world, and I know because I like almonds a whole lot, is the state of California. Uh, that's because California has a climate that is almost identical to that of Israel and the Mediterranean. And by the way, those of you that have been there, you know that's why if you like visiting, let's say, San Diego, you would love going to Israel because um, it's almost identical. It's beautiful. Some of the best weather in the world. Praise the Lord. So what are we seeing here? Well, first of all, the almond uh, and the budding of the rod of, of, of the almond represents God's choice. So the almond could represent God, God's choice, and Aaron is definitely God's choice, <laughs> not, not anybody else. Let's just stop all the complaining. I know you all want to, well, you want that position, but I've given it to him. Be happy with what you've got. 
Be happy where I've placed you at and function in your anointing because the greatest blessing is to do what God has called you to do and to be where he has called you to be. Woo, and that's also where the greatest reward can be found. Amen. So the almond would represent God's choice, but the almond here also represents uh, uh, acceleration, uh, acceleration swiftly, a now thing that God can do in 24 hours. In one day, in one day, God could fulfill his plan for you in the sense of great abundance and miraculous increase. That doesn't mean there wouldn't be other harvests in the future because anytime you get a harvest, you're going to do what? You're going to tithe and sow more seed, which is going to produce more for the next harvest season. But it certainly does uh, set you up very, very well. I want you to be prophetically sensitive to uh, how God could witness through the almond, praise God, just like God showed Jeremiah the almond rod and that represented swiftness, quickness. And here in the book of Numbers, God uh, allowing Moses to see the miraculous change overnight from a dead piece of wood to a rod that's budded. And you know, these uh, almond flowers are very beautiful. When you see pictures of the uh, almond uh, season when they all flower. It's just a field of white flowers on these trees. It looks absolutely beautiful. But the fact that it had ripe, mature almonds, I think is very, very important. Praise the Lord. God is going to give you a beautiful miracle, a powerful miracle concerning uh, an accelerated and abundant harvest. Get ready to receive it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go over to the book of Amos. Uh, this is uh, the prophet Amos, and I want us to go to Amos chapter 9. Praise the Lord. And let's drop down to verse 11. On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old that we may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. Behold, the days are coming. You know, there's a, there's a point where scripture is fulfilled, where prophecy is fulfilled. And I believe you will see this fulfilled personally in your life. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with it. Now, I want to read verse 13 from the Amplified Bible, because this is an amazing scripture giving insight concerning God's abundant harvest for you that I believe is coming like the almond. It's coming right now. It's coming swiftly. And what God did for Moses and Aaron, he did it within a 24-hour time period. Praise God. And God could do it that quick for you. You could receive a miracle in 24 hours. You know what? God's ready to take the church. And remember, the church is made up of individual members. God's ready to take the church into the billion flow. I'm not talking about the church as a whole. I'm talking about individuals. 
I'm talking about believers coming into not just a million or multi-millions. God's ready to take believers who have a heart for it, for the expansive increase within them. He's ready to take them into billionaire, multi-billionaire status. Praise God. Because God's people will use it for righteous purposes. We won't use it to do uh, awful things. We'll use it to do righteous things. Praise the Lord. Amos chapter 9, verse 13, from the Amplified Bible, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the one who gathers the harvest, and the one who treads the grapes shall overtake him who sows the seed, for the harvest continues until planting time, when the mountains will drip sweet wine. And all the hills shall melt. That is, everything that was once barren will overflow with streams of blessing. Whoo, praise the Lord. Now, again, what you're looking at is supernatural acceleration between the phases of seed time and harvest. You're looking at what happened with Aaron's rod that budded. How long? Well, Pastor, you're, uh, Pastor Steve, that took seven years. Uh, no, it took less than 24 hours. It took less than 24 hours for something that was dead, a rod that was just a piece of dead wood to go through the four phases of producing beautiful, mature fruit. Mm-hmm. Look, you have to believe in the miraculous. You have to believe in miracles. Praise the Lord. You can't just rely on 2% increase maybe from a bank and hope that maybe over the next 25 years, that'll give you enough money to retire. My friends, God doesn't want you to think about surviving. God wants to think about you thriving. God doesn't want you to think about solely how you can uh, make an existence. God wants to, uh, he wants you to consider how you can be an extraordinary giver. And he wants you to get on the supernatural abundant harvest flow that he's doing right now in the earth. Praise the Lord. So this is an accelerated harvest that certainly is an abundant harvest. Praise the Lord. Now notice here, the mountains shall drip with sweet wine. Wine throughout the Old Testament has always been a type or shadow of the Holy Spirit, and it is always used to represent joy. Woo! Now think about that just for a moment. Some of you have had a, uh, some great challenges, maybe over the last two or three years, maybe stretching even somewhat longer. But you know what? God is going to cause such harvest to come into your life that you're going to laugh and laugh. I mean, maybe, maybe people might think that you drank a little too much, but the only thing that you're drinking is the wine of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I tell you what, when God shows up, steps up and steps in, there's a whole lot of joy. And so even though there could have been sign and maybe some groaning, maybe even a little bit of moaning over the last few years, I'm telling you when God moves, the mountains shall drip with sweet wine. And that's the Holy Spirit moving upon your life, melting away all the dryness, melting away all of the um, uh, tears and struggles, and you're left with a whole lot of laughter. Amen. Praise God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Praise the Lord. Now, again, we see here that the mountains 
shall drip with sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with it. So mountains and hills, you have to understand that with grapes, these would be uh, vineyard-type terraces, and they're all visualize them as being all over the mountains or these hills, just covered with these beautiful terraces. And generally, wine that is planted on terraces and on slopes yields better quality wine than that which is grown on the flat ground. So here, we're looking at abundance, not only in uh, quantity, but very importantly, also in quality. Praise God. God is going to give you a harvest that has great quality and that has much much quantity. Praise the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. I believe we're in these days. We're in these days right now. You know what? We are at the end of time. How much time do we have left? Well, we do know that we need to preach the gospel to the whole world, and that is a focus right now, but the time is short, and God's, God is fulfilling all of these scriptures right now. Praise the Lord. Let me give you an example. Let's go to uh, uh, the book of Genesis just for a moment. Genesis chapter 15, verse 12. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. Now, let's drop down to verse 16. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here. My friends, I believe that this is insight, that a generation is 100 years. Now, I've heard some people say that a generation was 40 years. Others have said 70. But when I look at the Bible and how the Bible interprets the Bible, it seems to me that a generation is 100 years. Well, that's very interesting, especially with what Jesus said over in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24. We know that no man knows the day or the hour, but we can certainly know the season. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 24. Let's turn over there and, and take a look at that just for a moment. Praise God. These things are very, very interesting to study, and we need to be aware of them and know the prophetic hour that we end because God is doing amazing things financially for the church. Woo! Praise the Lord. I believe we're about to have another jubilee. We're very, very close to the another jubilee. I personally believe it's probably going to be the last one that the planet Earth will ever experience, at least in the church age or what we would call the age of grace. Mm, that's very, very important. Now, again, Matthew 24 and let's drop down to verse 32. Now, learn this parable from the fig tree. This is what Jesus said. The fig tree, it's a parable. So it has a symbolic meaning, spiritual meaning. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Now, the teaching of the parable of the fig tree would center around the nation of Israel. Jesus said in verse 33, so you also know when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Surely I say to you, this generation, well, how long is a generation? I believe a hundred years. 
Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Wow. So, well, when did God uh, really turn his attention back upon the nation of Israel? Not that he ever forgot them, but begin to move in a very sovereign way. Well, that would be May 14th, 1948, when we saw the restoration of the nation of Israel. And um, uh, when we were in Israel just a few months ago, uh, you would see beautiful displays all over the nation celebrating at 75 years. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Well, Pastor Stephen, that sounds like um, maybe there's only 25 years left. Well, well, whatever is left, I'm just saying it's not much, <laughs> right? And however much is left, you're probably going to be alive to live it out. And so what do we need to do? I, I would say that we should really focus on verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So however much time we have left, let's use it to preach the gospel to all the nations. Praise the Lord. And remember, pol uh, politics or social betterment of this or that, th those things are nice. That's not the gospel. You could be a really good person where maybe you help to stop a bad thing or help to uh, uh, implement some laws that made things better for people. And the, the, praise God, we want good people, righteous people in politics. That doesn't mean you're saved. No more than me standing in a garage means that I got turned into a car somehow. You need to be born again because if you're not, even if you do nice things, even if you try to uh, make the world a better place, but if you don't know Jesus, uh, you still have what every human on the earth has ever dealt with, the main problem, the sin issue, the sin nature. And the only way to be cured is to be born again, to get the new nature of Christ in you. And that only comes by putting your faith and trust in the Lord. Praise God. You know, by the way, speaking of um, John the Baptist earlier, and if you've ever been to some southern areas of Israel, down below Jerusalem, if you go down by the Dead Sea, there's the area of Qumran, which became world famous with the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And of course, that one area that used to be a, a, a living quarters there in Qumran, where there was a group of people that lived there, and we are told that that would be the Essenes that lived there. Now, I, I would say, just from my study over the years of the Essenes, um, is that in the Old Testament, that was probably the most developed group of prophets out of any prophetic group uh, within the Old Testament scope. And, uh, you know, you had the schools of the prophets under Elijah and other prophets and things like that. But I believe the school of the prophets uh, that were associated with, with the Essenes were probably the most prophetically accurate uh, out of all of the Old Testament prophetic schools. And they also had their own calendar that was not based on a solar lunar calendar, but was based uh, just on the solar calendar. And they were very, very accurate with their calendar. And if you track with their calendar today, and you bring it up to the modern era, uh, era we are not as what the Hebrew calendar would say in the year 5783, 
which would suggest that there's like still 250 or 200 and something. What would that be? 200 and um, 20 something years left before we finalize the 6,000 years of human history. Uh, no, that's not accurate. But the Essene uh, calendar was extremely accurate. And if you trace it today, it would put us at the year 5947. That's what I mean by the fact that w- within just a couple of years, within less than three years, we are bumping up at the last final Jubilee because a Jubilee comes every 50 years. And there's only 120 of them total. <laughs> 120 times 50 is 6,000 years. And that's it. That's it. And then you have the final uh, 1,000 years, which would be the millennium. And then after that, just a few years uh, of another, uh, why not, another rebellion? Uh, because at the, at the end of every, what we would say, like type of cycle, where there is a, a shift dispensationally, there's always a rebellion, just like there is now. <laughs> That's why we're having a great falling away right now. We're coming down to the final phase of this. But then also at the end of the millennium, there'll be another one. Uh, Satan uh, shows up again after having been released out of the um, bottomless pit, makes one more run at it, uh, but then also gets overthrown. And he finally gets thrown into the lake of fire. And that's a wrap for him. We'll never hear from him ever doing anything again. Uh, And my friends, that's why you don't want to go to hell with Satan. Uh, hell is a temporary place of torment. Even hell itself will eventually be thrown into the final spot called the lake of fire. And it is a place of torment that is almost indescribable to comprehend. And it goes on for all eternity. It is a place that is so awful and so bad that when God created it, He only created it for Satan and the demons that followed him. But because men decided that they would be just as wicked as Satan himself and even do his bidding and even follow him, that's where they're going to go also. Everybody that rejects Jesus and follows darkness, they're going to hell. And then they're also going on to the lake of fire with Satan. Which is why, if you don't know Christ, you need to get your life right with God, or else you're going to the burning lake of fire. Mm -mm. Wow. Don't toy with your salvation. Get your life right with God today. You're running out of time. Amen. Now, we're going to do all we can in the time that we have left. How much do we have? Well, with the rapid acceleration of AI... And as they say, the cat's out of the bag and you're not going to get him back in. Even with many of our leaders saying we have to slow this down, they can't slow it down because China's not slowing it down. Other nations aren't slowing it down. So it is a race now to see who can stay ahead of others. And what it will lead to uh, will be finally the technology that allows for uh, the conglomeration of a one world government, one world religious system. And eventually, one world economy where you can't buy or sell without the mark. So, you need to get your life right with the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, if you don't know Jesus, just right now, say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I don't want to go to hell with the devil. I want to go to heaven 
Jesus, save me right now. Give me your new life. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life and step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Amen. God is moving. God is moving. My friends, be very mindful of the almond tree branch. Be very, very mindful of it. God's going to do for your finances what he did for the almond tree as a representation in the Old Testament, representing swiftness, representing speed, representing acceleration through all of the phases. Glory, glory to God. There will be some of you that are listening to me. I'm speaking prophetically right now. There will be some of you listening to me that will catch an investment that will go so fast through the phases of uh, IPO, you know, the initial public offering, and then it'll go, it'll be on the market. And it's just going to go so fast that within four, within four or five months, just like the almond can, can come forth, come forth very quickly and have fruit, uh, even five or six months. Some of you before the year's out, you're going to catch something that will be such a ride. Now, be very careful. Don't do something foolish. Don't be lured into something that is not of God. But at the same time, absolutely be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit and pray, pray, pray. Pray that you are not led into temptation. Pray that God delivers you from evil. And pray also that God gets you on the right ship of blessing. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God, because some of you are going to catch some rocket ship opportunities, and they are 100% from God. And it might, it might only be one, one opportunity. That's all you need. That's all you need. You need to get on the ship that sails. Woo, praise God. So there will be some of you, not all of you, of course, there will be some of you, that's God's route of lifting up. Others, it could be a real estate investment. Praise the Lord. Uh, Dr. Norville Hayes talked about the time God told him to buy a property. And he said, Lord, that property doesn't have any value. And the Lord said, I know, buy it. And he bought it. And then a big investor came in and wanted that lot and paid many, many times over what it was worth. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. God knows all of these things. God has his own unique way of lifting you up. Be ready. Praise the Lord. Pray. Amen. God's going to bless you. And remember, I'm not talking about something you've got to wait three years for. The whole purpose of the almond rod, that almond branch, is just like God showed Jeremiah. Uh, he said, what do you see? I see uh, the branch of an almond tree. And, but God's basically saying, yep, this is going down right now. This is happening quick. <laughs> it's coming from the north. Be looking for it. <laughs> They're coming. Wow. That means swiftness. Praise the Lord. Glory. Lift your hands. Father, I pray you give your people prophetic vision to see it. Father, just like you spoke to Jeremiah and said, 
you have seen well. I thank you. They're going to see it. And you'll say to them, you've seen well. This is it. This is it. This is the thing you've been praying about for the last two decades. This is it. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. Now, let me say this before I conclude this prayer. and pausing my prayer, please, with holy wisdom. When God talks, he talks to individuals. Please don't get on the phone and go call your brother-in-law. You won't believe what God just told me. It's not for your brother-in-law. It's for you. He don't even serve the Lord. Why in the world would you get on the phone because you feel like you got to tell somebody? Be mature. Be mature. Can I say it? G grow up. Hallelujah. You don't need to get on the phone. You, you, need to, you need to probably turn the phone off for a couple of days and just do like... Um, uh, what Elizabeth did, just went into privacy and like just went wild praising God. <laughs> Why? She got her miracle. She didn't need to be telling anybody. <laughs> Some of you, bless your hearts, you need to grow up in that area. I'm going to go call all my cousins. Woo. You want to put flies in the ointment? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Wow. I want to grab some of you and say, please. Eat some honey, which represents wisdom. Please get some wisdom in you. Get some wisdom in you. Lord, have mercy. Praise God. Look, if, you're, if, you, if you've got foolish friends, God's never going to take you serious with this wisdom walk. God's got a high trajectory for you, but you can't go there with fools hanging on your shoulders. Lord, have mercy on you if you have fools for friends. Fools that speak into your life. May God have mercy on you. Drop them like a hot potato. Drop them like a hot iron. Lord, have mercy. Oh, don't, don't feel sad for them. They've got plenty of other fools they associate with. You do not need fools in your life. Well, Pastor Stephen, that person's my relative. Well, that doesn't mean they need to have access into your life. Don't give them any. I mean, be nice to them. Talk to them about Jesus, but do not give them any access into your life, especially things that would be private, of a private nature. All right, I got that off of my shoulders, got it off of my heart. Praise the Lord. God's going to take some of you on a trajectory ride that's going to be like a rocket. Praise God. What did, what did the prophet tell the, the woman that was pouring out the oil? Close the door. Well, Pastor Stephen, aren't we supposed to let our light shine? Yeah, let the gospel shine. You don't need to let them sh let, let shine your private business. That's between you and the Lord. Hmm. God did something supernatural one time, and I started calling out for somebody to look, and, and the Holy Spirit said, shh, it's just for you. Mm -hmm. So the prophet told the woman, close the door. Close the door. Look, this is covenant stuff. If this is too deep uh, and you just want to play like normalcy where you don't need God's help, then I, I, I'm, not your, I'm not your preacher and this is not your message. But if you know that God operates on a frequency that's supernatural and that he still does miracles today and you believe that, then God can work with you and God will get all the glory and we can move the kingdom forward supernaturally. Praise God. Praise God. Father, bless your people and let the revelation of these things be sealed in their spirit now. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Have joy. 
have joy, but also have that governing power of the Holy Spirit to not have loose lips that sink ships, blabbing stuff that only a foolish person would do. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you what, the wisdom of God jerks sometimes us uh, uh, to a level where we are required to walk in it. Amen. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we should take Holy Communion. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. You don't have to have a nice little cup from Israel. Just get a paper cup or whatever you have. And let's pray. Let's consecrate it. See, the consecrate, again, means to set apart, like God set apart uh, Jeremiah for prophetic ministry. We're going to set this apart. Father, we speak blessing now over the bread and over the juice. We set it apart as being holy, and we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we're going to preach the gospel to all of the world. We're going to use our time wisely. We're even going to redeem the time, knowing that the days are evil. Father, we thank you for the Lord's body. We thank you for revelation as the sons of Issachar. They knew the season. They knew what was going on. They knew what you're up to. And what you're up to, O Lord, is accelerated, abundant harvest right now. Now, we thank you for it. We receive the Lord's body. We receive his revelations in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Watch the almond tree. Pastor Stephen, I thought Jesus said, watch the fig tree. Yes, keep your eye on Israel. You should have a source for good Israeli news that's not biased or warped or skewed in a certain direction like left. In other words, where it's anything left is going to always cast Israel in a very negative light but get good sources for Israeli news. Praise the Lord. But watch right now the prophetic witness of the almond. Praise God. Because God's going to use it to speak to you about your prosperity. And it's, it's going on right now. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for cleansing, for forgiveness. If anyone has sinned against us, regardless of how harmful or whatever it was, we forgive them and we bless them. Thank you, Father. We pray that they come to know Jesus. Hallelujah. And at the same time, Father, we move on with you. Thank you. Being mindful that we must please you in all of our ways. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. We receive it now. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. The, the wine is flowing down from the mountains right now. And that, that happiness that you're sensing is the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of faith. And it is the Holy Spirit bearing witness with his word that's been ministered to you today. So let that wine of the spirit as it flows down the mountain of God, receive it, let it bring happiness, let it bring hope to you. Amen. And move with the Holy Spirit as he's working in your life. Well, 
let's uh, also make opportunity now to sow seed. Woo! Praise the Lord. I'll put the giving link up on the um, up on the screen right now. Thank you for your support of this ministry. Amen. As we have now moved into a new phase of television outreach, and I'll have some more statistics to share with you very soon. We also just went on television in Charlotte, North Carolina. So while we love preaching around the world, it's great to be on one of the uh, stations broadcasting from a physical TV tower, uh, one of the strongest FM stations in all of Charlotte, praise God. So we're happy to be uh, ministering over North Carolina as well as in over 200 nations of the world. Thank you for standing with us. Thank you for praying for me and my wife and our ministry team as um, we do all we can uh, to move forward. Praise God. I, I feel those times when the enemy tries to hit, when the enemy says, don't say that. But I sense God's power, God's spirit. Amen. And we just are going to continue to minister God's word prophetically to the nations of the world. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your giving, your support. Amen. And I hope you have a great week. And I, I look forward to seeing you back again real soon. Till then, God bless you. And be looking for that prophetic witness of the almond branch of the almond tree. God bless you. Bye-bye.